Welcome back to the Cover Zero Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Jordan, joined by, as always, my man, Jay. How you doing, brother? Doing great, bro. Doing great. We got football coming in the next couple days. You know, we got the Raiders getting ready to come up. Should add, should be able to add to, you know, an, another win column, another W into this this week, man. Should be able to add to it. But we'll see, you know. We'll see. They did announce a starting quarterback. Kind of upset about that, you know. Hey, so. Mr. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Yeah. I had a feeling it would be Brian Hoyer. Not that that's what I want or what we want. Right. But I just had a feeling that's what, that's what Josh was going to do, uh, considering what we're going against. I mean, honestly. It shocked me, though, because he started Aiden. The last time he had to make a decision on it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, the Bears are trotting out their late-round rookie, Tyson Bajan. You know, so it would be it would be something to see, actually, the Raiders trot out O'Connell in a duel of later-round rookies kind of going at it. I think, yeah. you know, I think we'd be able to get the win either way. Should be able to get the win either way. But it's the NFL, and it's never easy to win. And speaking of that, we're going to go over three games where it's going to be very hard to win for whichever team is going to end up victorious in this. Our first one we're going to kick it off with is the Chargers and the Chiefs. We also have our game of the week this week. It's the Sunday nighter, waiting all day on Sunday night, just like they say. I'm going to be watching games, like, you know, all day, but, you know, we're going to be waiting on the, on the matchup, the game of the week with uh, Miami and the Eagles, and we're going to finish things off with the Lions and the Ravens. A couple of real dope ones in there on this Sunday. But first, as we said, going to start off with the Chargers traveling to Kansas City. Kansas City is favored by five and a half. This one over and under is sitting at 48 currently right now. This Chiefs team this year, they're sitting at five and one. First in the AFC West, tied for the best record in the NFL with several other teams at the same mark. A lot of people have talked about how the offense isn't necessarily the same. When you watch this Chiefs squad, what do you think it is that would be lacking from the usual expectations that we carry with Kansas City? Bro, I think they need another, they need another wide receiver. They need yes. another wide receiver, bro. I mean, Travis Kelsey, obviously, you've seen he went off last week. He's back into form. I think he was kind of slowed up a little bit because of the injury and whatnot. You know, but now, bro, I think he's back to form. But outside of that, who, you know, who, who's right. really out there for Patrick to really throw to? And, I, you know, we're used to Patrick Mahomes really just finding people, making stuff happen. You know, they won the Super Bowl last year without Tyreek Hill. So right. we're just used to him making things go, making things flow. You know, that's that's his game, you know, but I think that's what's lacking, bro. I think that's what's really mm-hmm. lacking. Um, it's not nothing nothing else I really can really point at. They don't really they never really was a run heavy team. They'll run on occasion and whatnot, but they never really ran the ball like that. So that's there's nothing wrong there. The offensive line is actually playing pretty solid for the most part as far as the pressure. Yeah. So, um and then him being able to, you know, scramble and move around, that helps as well. Absolutely. But yeah, but yeah bro, I think it's just adding another weapon. They need another they picked up Mark, uh, Mecole Hardman from the Jets earlier this week. Uh, sent a trade. I think it was like a late-round pick that they sent back to the Jets to go ahead and get Hardman. He was unable to really even get on the field over there in New York. Probably is very happy to go from Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. Let me put these, these shoes back on again. Yeah, let me, let me go do this once more. And I think he is a vertical field stretcher that you can pair with MVS, who's another guy that fills that role. They also, I think initially with their their expectations of how this offense was going to look this year using Sky Moore, using Kadarius Tony, and both of those guys just, you know, they they haven't really clicked into place over the, over there yet with the Chiefs. They'll make those Sky plays Moore's here or there. Bro. He's just he, like he's not even both of both of the guys yeah. we talked about, but Sky Moore is somebody that not even like 
target. You can't. I don't know if he. Sometimes he gets open, and like Mahomes is already completing it elsewhere. But it's just not. He's not getting open enough and fast. No, he's not. He's not. He's not separating a lot. And I. I don't know. It's. It's looking pretty rugged for for him right now. But as you mentioned, yeah, the the Chiefs O line. It's it's been a good unit, especially that interior, the centers and the guards, Creed Humphrey and those guys. They're not maybe not like Creed in particular. Still a tremendous center. He yeah, might be just. Top. Yeah, top, two. top three, top three center, top two center. He's going to get inked up uh, coming into this uh, next season for sure for a long-term deal. But And currently, even with that, like you were saying, Mahomes moving around, his pocket sense is still A1. We all know that. he His sack, right, his sack rate right now is the lowest in the NFL. Yep. But the difference, too, with them on top of not necessarily having firepower, like you were saying, outside of Travis Kelsey, we're seeing him throw picks more than we are used to. He's throwing a lot more interceptions right now. They are second. In terms of overall interceptions, of course, the Raiders are the only team with more picks so far this year at the quarterback position. But Mahomes right now has seven on the year just at this point into the year. So that's something that I think over time will continue to rectify itself and will continue to get right. But one area that I want to address as well with this Kansas City Chiefs team, and that's on the other side of the ball. Is this the best Kansas City defense that you've seen in the Mahomes era? (laughs) Yep. Easy, bro. Easy. Um, Yeah. I to be honest with you, bro. That's why they're they are five and one right now, bro. It's because of their defense, like you said, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes right now. With the, with, with although the offensive line is playing well, he's turning over the ball, which is something we don't we're not used to really seeing. Um, they already don't really run the ball like that. They need another weapon, so they have offensive struggles. But that defense, to me, is what's really holding it down. That pass defense is crazy right now. Um, they're only allowing. What is I think 14 points per game right now mm-hmm. on average, which I think is third, the third least or or whatever. Um, but yeah, they're 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 past defense really good. They're not allowing a lot of points. They're getting to the quarterback, which is something that they oh they kind of been pretty consistent with doing that throughout the years. It was always the pass defense for me. I mean, right. it was always, you know, they'll play good in spurts, maybe end of the season when the playoffs come and stuff like that. But to start off like this, to start the season off where that's the unit that we're talking about right now, that's the strong point of the Chiefs, that's that's something different right now. So, yeah, to me it starts with the pass defense, I think, you know, and, and the points. They're, they're just not allowing no points, man. Really not. Only the Niners are surrendering teams to less points per game, and it's only by a fraction. I mean, the Niners like 14.5, Chiefs are like 14.7. I mean, that is nuts when you consider the capabilities that we know this offense can reach if they get things going. I think a big reason of that defense, though, one person I want to really highlight is a guy that we like coming out of college a couple years ago, Trent McDuffie, bro. Yeah, That yeah. dude is having himself a year. I like the way that they're using him when they're in base personnel packages. And you've got Leo Chanel coming on the field as the third linebacker. Then Trent is on the outside. Chanel goes out. Trent kicks down into the slot, and then they bring in the their other corner on the outside. So, I mean, just really using him there and having him function in both spaces very well as a, as a good player is, is really showing out. Another guy, also in the same draft, George Karloftis, is having a pretty solid year right now. That kind of shocked me when I went back and was looking at some of the numbers, watching him play. In particular, it was the, uh, the Broncos game. Granted, it's the Broncos. Say what you will about that. But still, the dude is out there, and he was making, he was making plays. His motor show. You can only play who you, who's in front of you. So, exactly. Because like, we, yeah, we've oh, seen... We've mm-hmm. seen good players play bad teams, Absolutely. and they look bad. <laughs> you yep. know, they don't play good either. So, yeah, you mm-hmm. want to be able to take advantage of that. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be a what's going on on the Cover Zero podcast because you right. took it easy on some lame. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. you, right. don't, you don't want to be there. You don't want, you don't want to have that. 
But he's doing really well, man. He's eighth in pressures right now among all edge defenders in the NFL. So getting very active, hasn't got home for sacks as much as maybe that pressure number would would indicate, but he is making impacts on that defense. Of course, we all know about Chris Jones, his usual self as well. He's rounding back into form. Third in pass rush win rate right now among D tackles. He's sitting at about a 19% pass rush win rate, which is actually even one percentage higher than he was last year. So we'll see if he can continue that. He's just wrecking people. The one thing I want to see him get back to doing, and I think we will see him getting back to doing, is when it comes third down, that's when that dude is just like, okay, I'm going to turn it up a little bit more. I know that people need me to make a play, and to be able to have that pass rusher who also has that like closer element to him, you know, and be able to put put it away, say night-night, I think that's what we're going to see from him going into this game. On the other side of the ball with the Chargers over here, that offense has, underneath Kellen Moore, has looked better than they previously did. Their running game maybe isn't, they aren't getting enough out of it as that, that they have thought so far. Overall, with this, like, Chargers offense in the state of Justin Herbert's hand and how it just hasn't necessarily looked as good as it maybe could or should, what are your expectations in this game versus Chiefs defense that we were just highlighting? I don't think they're really going to get much in the passing game, obviously, because of the pass defense of the Chiefs and how well the Chiefs defense has been playing. I want to see them use the run. I want to see them utilize the run a little bit. When Detroit went, a, went against the Chiefs, and Grant, I get it, the Chiefs really hasn't really been, you know, letting running backs run all over them. They've been shutting down the run for the most part, but a lot of teams haven't really been trying to run the ball on them. They played – you know, the Jaguars, they played the Bears, they played the Vikings, they played different teams. And yeah, the running backs didn't really succeed, but the teams didn't really try to run the ball like that. Detroit actually tried to run the ball and had some success and ended up winning the mm-hmm. game. I want to see Kellen Moore really utilize the run with Austin Eckler. And really he's back, yeah. He played against Dallas last week, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then get him going because he's a stud, bro. I mean, it, he's it's, so good. He's really good. He's really good. Um, obviously, this offense is going to do both. That's the thing with Kellen Moore. He likes to be balanced. He likes to pass the ball a good amount of times. He also likes to get the running the running game going. So they're going to do both. But I want to see them really focus on the run game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll say about this Chargers offense, although we like Kellen Moore, we spoke about him, I think they are underperforming just a tad. They are. They are. There's they're leaving meat on the bone a lot. Yeah. Even last last game, and some of it, or some of it's like I don't necessarily yeah. know if it's like lack of of juice and and real pure speed like you have josh palmer is like their explosive guy we haven't found a way to get to get qj onto the field yet the rookie they're using darius phillips here there for like gadget plays i think eckler coming back does add that explosive element keenan allen is still still his usual self still still a very 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 good receiver out there and we saw last week where like with herbert's finger in that monday night game where if there was that double move that Keenan Allen got and was just absolute coverage bust and Herbert Herbert released it, he was wide open and he missed it. Missed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just those underperforming things, be it maybe you don't have the speed at certain points that you would want to have when you have someone like Kellen calling plays with someone like Herbert in the back. But then now you have Herbert with the finger and he's maybe not capitalizing the same way that he's used to. It always kind of seems like this Charger defense, this Charger offense and the Charger defense has he- guys that are good players and that we have come to know as productive NFL athletes, but they're not all like playing up to par at the same time. Yeah. And that's kind of the result we have right now. Uh, Trey Pipkins, the right tackle for the Chargers, faced Max Crosby and Chandler Parsons recently and had rough games against those two. 
We'll see. He's going to draw George Karloftis just based on alignment this week. We'll go ahead and see if Karloftis can really wreck him the same way that those two elite pass rushers did in the previous weeks that he was playing against. To this Chargers defense, though, what are your what are you seeing from them so far as you watch this unit? I'm not impressed, bro. Obviously, they got they're the second worst pass defense in the league. They are allowing a lot of points. Um, and what's what really sucks really is we talked about this. This is Brandon Staley's defense. This is this is what he supposedly mastered, you know, when he was with the Rams and all these other teams he was with, you know, and he comes to this Chargers team, you know, you get to add the players you want to add. You got Bosa coming off the edge, you got Matt coming off the edge, you went and got JC Jackson, now he's back in New England. But you've got these guys. You've got Darwin James. You've got a, a Sante Samuel. Sante Samuel, you know, Hendricks. They got different dudes, and they're not. Why is it that bad? Why is the pass defense that bad, bro? Like, that, that to me, that's a coaching. That's coaching. It, yeah, yes. That is coaching to me, bro, because it's not like you don't have talent. You have talent. There's talent. I could see if there was no talent and, you know, okay, Brandon Stays a great defense tomorrow, but he don't have no talent. We just talked about that with Brian Flores off air. Talked about him and the Vikings. Good dude as far as being the head coach for, for I mean, being a um, defense-minded guy. But they got no talent over there. But Brandon Staley, you can't say that for him, bro. And then he's trading away. He's trading his talent back to, to the old team, you know, because he can't make it work after they just paid it all that money for him. They paid a lot. He just – he looked like one of those Patriot players that gets a big contract elsewhere. And then what's he's just not the same – What's Dude. going on? You got ready to say it. I did. Go ahead and say it, bro. Did, bro. Say it. I did. It, it's there. The thing that's really, that's like shocking to me, and we had talked about this going into the season. We had talked about how this oh, Chargers. This is, what, this is what it is, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The no, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. Trying to get, they're allowing 112 uh, uh, rate to wide receivers. That is, to any wide receiver. For example, C.D. Lamb last week, bro. He was seven for seven. He had 117 yards. He didn't have no touchdowns, but he went off. And that was right. his best game. You know, that was his best game versus and the passing mm-hmm. game for the Cowboys really hasn't even been they hasn't been good. We just talked about that. Passing game even had And if it's good. gonna do anything, it goes through CD. It's gonna yeah. go, yeah, it's gonna go through CD and it would be against the Chargers, a sorry ass pass defense. So yeah, mm-hmm. bro. It's it's yeah, it's ugly. It's ugly. We ha- we had talked about with them for so long since Staley has took over that unit after leaving the Rams. We had talked about for so long how that run defense with all the two high shells inviting the run in the light boxes like they do. We had talked about how they got to improve that because when teams are ripping off five and a half a chunk against you on the ground, don't really matter what else you're doing. If, if they're able to just do that constantly and constantly and constantly, then it's a problem. Well, they rectified the run defense this year. They got to- they're in the average area right now in terms of yards per carry allowed but now the pass defense is absolute shit so it's like what what is you know what, what are we doing do you, do you rob peter to pay paul like what are we doing <laughs> i'm not even giving them real credit for really stopping the run i just think teams know they can pass the ball on them and that's what they're gonna try to do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're not even really trying to like run on the charges like that anymore like they used to now they know they can pass the ball on them if they want no matter who the quarterback is i have a feeling that uh you are taking the Chargers in this one by by like fourteen points, right? I think so. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and make a switch room, man. You know, nah. Uh, who, who you got winning? How do we get there? I got the Chiefs, bro. I got the Chiefs. Um, I do think it's gonna be a good game for the simple fact that it's a rivalry game. These games are normally close. Um, but I just I, I don't think that 
what the Chargers, they, they're going to want to be balanced, and I just don't see them really being able to be balanced the way they want to with offense. I think the Chiefs' defense is going gonna, is gonna, to it's, it's cause all type of problems. You know, and you brought up a good point about Justin Herbert's fingers. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's fully healed or what's going on his hand. I don't know if he's that, fully healed. That, that brace stick thing that's on there can't, yeah, can't feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just probably, like, uncomfortable. Yeah, so I think that's going to hinder – and you're going against, a, like I just said, a physical defense, man. That's going to make things even harder, you know. Um, and they don't allow a lot of points, you know. And the Chargers, I think the Chargers wouldn't mind the shootout, to be honest with you. I think they would be okay with that if they can really get a passing game going because they know the Chiefs, their passing game is not too good right now, you know. So I think they would love that, but I don't see that happening. So I think the Chiefs' defense is really, really going to gonna really shut down that offense. And I think the Chiefs' offense is going to do just enough. Give me the Chiefs. 27, Chiefs, Chargers, 23. 27-23, the Chargers would cover if that's the score we land at. I got Kansas City as well. It's very weird when you – the offense itself, so to for the Chiefs, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw interceptions, the offense is efficient and continues to move the ball. But he's throwing interceptions. They aren't getting a ton from the run game. And the big plays are also not there like they used to be. Last year, we saw Mahomes and Reed pivot to more of that like point guard style, take the underneath areas, extend plays long. And they're still living there. But they definitely need more if they want to return to the team that they want to be. So far, they have just been good enough rather than simply being way too much like a lot of teams and people have come accustomed to seeing them. They're just not there yet. They're just not there right now. But I still think they have enough to be able to go ahead and, and just absolutely shred up this Chargers pass defense. That's yeah. let everybody throw the ball on them. The Chiefs are still converting third down at the second highest rate in the NFL. The only team higher than them we will get to in our next one, which is the Eagles. A lot of that, of course, comes from the tush push and all that stuff. But the char- that's what we're seeing right now from this Chiefs offense. And I don't know what I don't have anything to hang my hat on as far as an expectation of why the Chargers would turn around their flaws on defense to be able to overcome the Chiefs. Brandon Staley is good for one, two, three, a couple of games, very few games a year where he rolls out a really dope game plan and it can end up making things interesting, especially against these division opponents. Does he have another card up his sleeve to be able to deploy now. I, I don't know. If if he wants to keep his job, he probably should. But I don't think those wins start here for the Chargers. Give me the Chiefs. I like the score a little lower than you. I like, I think overall, and I'll give me the Chiefs at 24, but I think the Chargers we see at like 17, 24, 17, something like that. Yeah, Chiefs Chiefs defense just, just cooking, and I think we still see more of that in this game very much. So the game of the week. This one's fire. This one is fire. Miami at Philadelphia. The Eagles at home, favored by three over under, sitting at 51 and a half. I mean, this is a true test now for Miami. A lot of people who are detractors of this Dolphins fan or the Dolphins team are saying that, oh, yeah, they, they put up a whole bunch of video game numbers and points against teams that really aren't all that good. When they ran into the Bills, that Bills team was a buzzsaw. That Bills team shut them down for the most part, in the second half, in the second half. It was a track meet at first, but in like halfway right, through the third right, quarter, right. into the fourth, yeah, it was it was lights out. I actually went back and prepped for this game 
watch like what did the Bills do? I did the same thing. I did the same thing. In the second half. Yeah. So that's what I looked at. And I want to start the, let's start it over there with this Philly defense. If you look at where they are able to gain ground against this this crazy warp speed offense of the Dolphins, what do the Eagles have in store that can be able to hopefully counter that? So to me, like we just talked about the Bills and the Dolphins, I went back and watched that film. And what the Bills really did, especially in the second half, throughout the whole game, really, but um, they were able to really get stops in the second half. That's, that was a game changer. They really didn't switch up the defense. They kept everything underneath. They had no explosive plays. Miami, that is. They had right. nothing go downfield. Not much. I mean, they had a couple plays here and there, but not like what it's been every team Miami has played. They didn't have no big run plays or anything like that. So although, because we talked about that game, not to spend too much time on the Bills and the Dolphins, but we talked about, oh, what, what is the Bills going to do? And, you know, I, I said their defense is smart. You mentioned, I think actually you mentioned their defense being smart, and I talked about how that right. was important. But then we didn't know if they had the speed guys to really right. up against the guys. They, and I think they knew that. But what they what they did was, like I mentioned, they kept everything underneath. And I think that slowed down the game for Miami, which is not the game they want to have. It's not um, at all. If I'm the Eagles, you know, you're not going to be able to stop this offense. They're going to score. They're going to score. They're going to put up points. But I would try my best. Well, not try my best. I would come up with a really good scheme and really, you know, slow, slow it down by keeping everything there and bring pressure, bring some good pressure to some blitzes because one thing I noticed with the Bills, they didn't blitz that much. They really had a four-man front that was really getting to it. They ran all them creepers at them. They'd send yeah. them from the so second level and then the drop a lineman out. Yeah. yeah, and they were sending some good corner and safety blitzes. At yeah, they sent, they got them with, once with uh, the Trey White on a corner blitz, On too, a corner yeah. blitz, yeah, and it was coming from that left side. And that, you know, that's to a side and whatnot. So that was really that was really throwing Tua's to timing off with the, with the passing plays. So if I'm Philadelphia, that's something I would do. And Philadelphia is talented enough do it so that's one thing that i noticed um i brought up the blitzes you know and like i said it really it, it forced that's another thing too it threw his timing was off not to the point where he was throwing a gang interceptions nothing like that but his passes were coming out quicker but they were going to the wide receivers that was you know five five uh yards down the field or 10 yards down the field it, he didn't have time to throw to tyreek hill you know 40 yards down the field or anything like that he didn't have time for the play to watch the play mm -hmm. develop and the routes to develop for him to throw it downfield so his timing was thrown off a lot so if i'm the eagles that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to keep everything in front of me and see you know and, and stop the run obviously that's big you know um at least don't let them have no big yards you know that's what i would do if i'm the eagles i would focus on that yeah they that one the bills game is the one i watched on third they did some crazy stuff with like different forms of like the simulated pressures I was talking about the creepers where they would like blitz the linebacker, drop out Greg Rousseau into his zone. They'd blitz. They said like, the Trey White blitzed, then they dropped out Daquan Jones just to sit in the middle, or Rousseau again, again because he's so long, like those type of things. And the safeties and the corners just did such a good job of pattern matching within their quarters coverage. So it's pretty much two deep safeties, almost always. I think there was a few first downs where I saw them like late rotation drop to a single high look. Hyde would come in on like a cover three buzz type of match look on like to the weak side. So they run like three week match or something like that. But a lot of those different things they were doing up front 
was what, like you said, it didn't give two of that time because those bit that Bills front was twisting was like crazy. There was a, there were several third downs where the 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 front you'd watch on all twenty two, you know the, the end zone yeah, angle where you'd see him, bro. Mm-hmm. you'd see the center the guard and the guards have nobody in front of them. So the most inner dude is a three tech. It's like you got these like not even three tech. These are sitting there at like four eyes. Right. So you got four eyes and wide nines, right? Just really spread out on these third downs and then just becoming on these long stick stunts and twists and really making that because the Dolphins, what they do with their front, when they go empty on their offensive line, they'll they'll just they slide two, three. So three of the linemen will go one side and two will go to another. Right. That's 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 how they do it. And they just they dictate that depending on different things for different game plans. And so when you do that, though, the center's got to pick a side that he goes to. And he can't necessarily always pick up where that long looper is coming from or wherever that creeper is coming from in the midst of it. But that pressure right there was really dope. And I want to see if Philly taps into that because they got the front four. They got the front four to do it. They got the 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 front eight because the way they mix with these dudes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I I think they could do it, man. Mm -hmm. They can. So, yeah, to answer your question, that's how I would do it. And I'm sure they have. Sure, they went right to that tape. The way we did, I'm sure they went right to that tape. Like, Same thing. What did the Bills do against the Dolphins, you know, because it, the Bills beat up on the Dolphins. That was the only team to do so. Mm-hmm. They did it. They did it convincing. Like you said, it was close first half, but the defense didn't change. The way the no, defense was, they, they played the same way. Was the same way it was in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah, they so, flooded that middle. They ran a lot of a lot of quarters, like I was saying. A lot, a lot of the quarters, two high safety looks, matching all the matching the releases and all that stuff, which takes, like we had said earlier, a smart defense. That intelligence was showing up on how they were passing off routes, distributing them. That worked with the front. That worked the front seven. Matt Milano was healthy for the Bills in that game. Terrell Bernard's been having a great a great season. We all know about Teron Johnson over there. Taylor Rapp filled in nicely because they were without Poirier in that game. And that one, you know, it just, they really were sound and disciplined passing off all those routes with all that chaos going on up front. And then just using all those different bodies in the middle of the field, which is where Tua mostly likes to go, is in the middle of the field, especially when he's dealing that pressure, is in between the numbers. Doesn't necessarily want to go outside the numbers. And with the front for Philly going into this game right now, this unit is fourth in pressure rate in the NFL, 29% right now, getting pressure on 29% of dropbacks for the opposing team. Fifth in sacks, not quite the wrecking ball that they were last year. But still active, still getting yeah, after the quarterback. Right, right, right. Yeah, and they they've got the, the same the same dudes that you know the Josh Sweats, the Fletcher Cox, Fletcher and Cox. the Hassan Reddicks, but the Jalen Carter Man. over there is he playing? No, is he playing this game? He's playing. Okay. He's going to play. So he's on track to play. He was listed as questionable. He's on track to play. But, they've kind of held him out from a precautionary at, uh, standpoint of it. They also got good news on the injury front with uh, Darius Slay is going to come back. He missed that Jets game. He should be good to go. However, they're going to be without uh, Reed Blankenship and without Bradley Roby. And why that actually matters in this game, what we were just talking about with the Bills, Reed Blankenship is their smartest coverage safety right now in terms of knowing where to go. He may not be the strongest, the biggest, the fastest, but he knows where to line up. Yeah, he understands opposing team passing concepts. Miami kind of at times will make their own concepts. 
or like do oh, some yeah, crazy they do that shit. A lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they do some crazy shit. Like, bro, how are you running a stick and nod with a anyway? I don't get too much of the weeds on that, but but that's why I think Reed Blankenship being out is gonna be is gonna be a problem for this Philly for this Philly team because Sidney Brown, the rookie, is gonna step in and start at safety. And he's gonna be opposite of Terrell Edmonds, who just hasn't really yeah, I mean, he's, much. you know, they, they, they don't. That was a they, good get, too, when they got him. That was yeah, and he just hasn't really been playing all that well this year on that on that back end, at least. And I think it's gonna, his head's get about to be in a blender. Bradley Roby then being out, then that asks the question, who's going to start at corner? Do you drop James Bradbury in there to play some time inside? Do Is it going to be Eli Ricks? Like, you know, we've got all these different players that are going to mix in there and how they function. This is not the time where you want to get new dudes to be working in there especially when you consider that this linebacking core, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're built for this. I really don't know if this linebacking core is built for what's going to be flown at them, all this shit. Like, when you watch that Denver game, I'm not expecting no 70 points. Get Let's get that out the way. But you watch that Denver game, Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, the linebackers for the freaking Broncos, I swear them fools was in Vitamix the whole day, just spinning around, losing their minds, looking like dogs chasing after cars. Like, they didn't know where to go. Like, it, I mean, but it's we got misdirection, that's bro. That's Denver, though. That's Denver. This is a different defense, bro. This is a different team. But I hear it, you, though. It Miami, is. I'm, a, I'm just expecting them to have problems on, on, that, oh, on yeah. that defense side of the ball from the yeah. second level, really. I don't even know if in this game, too, I don't even know if Zach Cunningham is playable. Like, because they take him out on a lot of run. He's a run guy. Like, he's a stumper in the run game. You know what I mean? But Miami's run game gets on the edge, which he can chase people down. But that misdirection with him? Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Running game go through so many different guys. So many different guys, bro. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's really what I'm – that's really what I'm on. The last note I want to talk about just with Philly's defense, the outside corners, like I said, they're getting slay back. We're going to see if I stick – if I was – if I was the coach in Philly, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I just keep Bradbury on the outside. I keep Slay on the outside, and then I try to figure out what I'm going to do in the slot, et cetera. Bradbury and Slay have not been their usual self this year. They have, they at least they were not the tandem that they were last year, but those dudes were straight balling. And so we'll see if this, again, prime time, this is a get up for it type of game. We'll see if they can go ahead and get right. Let's move to the, to the other side of the ball here. The offense for Miami, we've talked about them a lot. How do you think this offensive line for the Miami Dolphins is going to do against all these dudes that can be deployed for the Philly D-line? That's the first thing I'm going to be looking at, bro. That is the first thing I'm going to look at. I'm expecting I'm expecting a similar type of uh, pressure rate and everything from this Eagles team like we've seen from the Bills, bro. I am. Because I actually – the Bills, they got a good defensive line and all of that, solid defense. The Eagles, the guys that they got, the guys that you just mentioned, Jalen Carters, you know, the linebackers, the different, you know, the Josh Sweats, the Fletchers, all of these guys, bro, they're better than the guys that the Bills had. The Bills was able to do that. Right. I'm expecting them to do the same thing. So I'm expecting Miami. It's crazy because I don't see Miami really changing up anything on offense. I don't see them saying, oh, my God, this is the Eagles. Okay, we're going to do this. I think they're still going to play fast. They're still going to do – they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to come off, like you said, their runs too. They're not up the up, up the middle. They're not like I formation. They're always creative. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, Mike Mike McDaniel is is right now the master of creation when it comes down to the offense. So I don't know, bro. Um, 
Nicole's like an inception, bro. Like just creating shit. Like just, yeah, <laughs> different well, worlds of, of offense. He may have plays just for the Eagles in this game. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure. I, I know he, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Get plays that he has not used on no other team. He's gonna have just for them. Or little little like tweaks that like he's shown plays, and then we'll just add a little tweak to it at the end. Yeah, like the, yeah. when they started in Week One with Tyreek Hill at a tight end spot, mm-hmm. fly motioning out when he went against the Chargers. He was on the run, snapped it, dick route. Mm-hmm. The next week against the Patriots, same formation, same area of the field. He comes out motion. They show the dig route. Well, they draw it up again in the third quarter. Nope. Boop, boop. In and out. Yeah, <laughs> Shook yeah, him. Like, yeah. you know, just little things he'll add to that. Yeah, add you know. to it, you know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm expecting it to be the same, man. But I'm I, as far as what I'm expecting, I'm expecting the Eagles to have success against this whole line. Bro. Not to the point where they're just going to shut down the whole – Mind right, right, right. Mind but, mind like, mind. it'll be a factor. But it's going to be a factor, bro. It's going to be a factor for sure. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Uh, to move to the other side of the ball now, if we're looking at when the Eagles have the ball, thus when Miami is on defense. It's Miami defense getting Vic Fangio with the pass rushers and people that they have up front. Some of the guys on the back end with Javon Holland and Xavier Howard. I love the David Long Jr. signing. They got dudes up front at different positions. Zach Seiler is having a really solid year on in the interior, along with Christian Wilkins. We all know what he is. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, et cetera, all those other names. The defense, though, has been gettable. Like, we've seen teams be able to score, move the ball, have success at one time or another against them, but then don't break. Go ahead and match our crazy offense, and other teams can't do that. Really, in this one right now, uh, the one thing that I'm, that I'm mostly looking at really is if they can even if they can get some pressure on Hertz or not. But honestly, Jalen Hurts compared to when he's kept clean versus Jalen Hurts when he's under pressure. Oh, obviously it's, <laughs> it's a it's, huge well, difference. It's a huge difference in terms of him completing, but with in most terms. quarterbacks, right, uh-huh. obviously you're under pressure, it's gonna be harder. Jalen's Jalen Hurts passer rating when under pressure is 72.3. When he's clean, it's a 90. So he's one of the guys. Everyone's gets worse. That's just it's pressure's hard to deal with unless you're Patrick Mahomes or Rogers. They just, oh yeah, this is when I'm better for some crazy reason. But with with Tua on the other side of that, his passer rating drops by like it's like 120 something like that when he's clean. But when he's under pressure, it's in the 40s. So really, like that that's a big that's a big note that I want to watch. But you had said this earlier on our Sunday recap show. On Jalen Hurts reading defenses. This is a, still a Fangio defense over there for for Miami. What are your expectations as far as him connecting with his pass catchers in this game? I mean, I'm expecting him to, you know, beat Jalen Hurts and, you know, be solid at times. But it's starting to be alarming a little bit because if you go back and look at some of these teams he's played with or just the interceptions, the, some of the teams he plays with, the teams he went against, like the Vikings, for example, he had an interception Versus them, you know, it was double. Bro, he up. was looking ugly to start that, that game. That was bad, you know. Um, and and that was week two. That was early in, in, in well, it was still early in the season, but it was way early in the season. In Tampa Bay, obviously, he had two in Tampa Bay. You know, he had one, but it was kind of like a mis miscommunication with the wide receivers. That one, you know, give him a little pass on that one. But then the one after that was an underneath throw. Under yeah, underneath throw. And that's why I was talking about pressure too, because. You know, yeah, the statistic, it says, okay, 70 and then 90 when, you know, he's not, when he's clean. It's not a huge difference compared to Tua, but when he is being pressured, he 
he seemed to rush his thinking. Yeah, he definitely does. And I think his I think his rating is what it is because of his running ability. That's what I'm saying, too. Yeah, like and like as a passer, like just as a thrower, yeah, for sure. I think that that's what I was trying to get at. I think some of it is that, you know, he's forcing things and doing things quick because the pressure is coming. So, um, and then in the Rams, he had a he had an underthrow in, in, in the end zone as well. The Jets, we've seen how he played versus the Jets. It was just a horrible game, worst game so far season he had three interceptions on that one you know um and then one of one of them was a misread so for me if I, if that was a good question for me though I don't know if that's my game I, I mean yeah Jalen Hurts is going to pass the ball but I want to see them run the ball I know I always talk about running the ball but look that's man, just that's your that's that's your, look, that's I, your I, thing I'm, you know just, that's that's your thing I'm just I'm just saying you you a, a run the ball guy <laughs> I'm just saying the Dolphins hasn't really proven that they can stop the run you go back and we just talked about the Chargers. Austin Eckler got off, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, they Denver, couldn't do nothing I, with him. They couldn't do nothing, bro. I know Denver. They 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 had a, a, a seventy triple stack burger put on them, but before all of that happened, they was having some success against that offense. I mean that defense, Vic Fangio's defense on running the ball. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I said, the stats don't don't show it. You go back and watch that game, though. They was having some success. And if teams them. have like, especially Philly, a team that has the ability, the horses up front on that line. It's yeah. like I mean, doctored into the stats with Miami's or with the, with Miami's run defense. They're like, it's like average in terms of yards allowed. Mm-hmm. But you also got to remember, I mean, this is against Denver, this is against Carolina, mm-hmm. this is against the Giants. Yeah. So I mean, that does something for the numbers. But when they go against these squads that can't run the ball, yes, yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know. I, so if I'm if I'm the Eagles, that's my game. My game yeah. plan is really to run the rock. And really, you know, to, to slow down the offense because that's going to work in your favor. The Eagles can play that type of game. They can play a high-scoring game too. We haven't really seen it this year yet because Jalen Hurts hasn't really been the same. Maybe we see it this Sunday. I, I don't know. But right now, if they need to play a slow type of game, a slow death type of game, I think that would really hurt Miami on both sides, defense keeping them underneath throws, Miami offense, and keeping that. And if you can limit that offense to possessions, yeah. Yeah, possessions, and then taking up the time of possession, and then you get the ball, and then you're, you know, you're running the rock. Jalen Hurts, make it easier on him where he's not doing so much because he's not really necessarily playing the same. That's where I would go with it. So to answer your question, you know, I'm expecting Jalen, I'm expecting Jalen Hurts to be a little bit better, but I'm not expecting him to be feel like if he is, then they're going to lose this game. I, I mm-hmm. feel that way. I feel like if he get in there, because Miami's a good defense. I don't want to make it like they shitty defense. They, not, they, they got guys, man. They, they got, got guys, guys, and they can put pressure. We just talked about how bad Jalen Hurts is when when the pressure's coming up against him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, if, if it's me, I'm really trying to attack that defense with the running, rushing attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Xavier Howard listed as questionable for that Miami defense. He's going to gut it out to go uh, for the Philly offense. Lane Johnson, he came out of the Jets game last week, was replaced with Jack Driscoll. Very noticeable difference. Bryce Huff was foaming at the mouth because he was just destroying Jack Driscoll so many times on that uh, that offensive line. But Lane Johnson's going to be good to go in this one. He, he's going to be good to go so that Philly offensive line can eat. And it's you had brought up with Hurts when he was playing against like, you know, the other teams where he was starting to have struggles at different points in the season. And that Minnesota game was the first part where I really noticed where like the state of where they are, but still also the capability 
that this Eagles team has. They started off throwing a lot, dealing with all those blitzes, but her, it was not going well for Hertz. And he, I think I said this in the chat, I was like, they established an, a drive after the interception, after some stalled drives, led to field goals, led to stops, and they could they punt the ball. It wasn't the offense wasn't working. They came out on like their third or fourth possession of that game, decided, nah, we just gonna run the rock. They ran the ball eleven straight times and just right, picked right, up right. first down, first down. Like, yeah, yeah. If you have that luxury. That's something that can you know get hurts out of his yips or whatever it is that he has going on. So. I see that, and especially a, a Fangio defense, bro. Too high, light boxes. This is what we talked about. I mean, Brandon Staley in that, in that unit. This is what we had talked about with that type of defense invites the run. It just simply does by the look of it, by the hat count, by like, oh, we can, and especially when you've got this Philly offensive line capable of getting guys downfield. I'm really going to be paying attention to in the trenches, though. I want like Zach Seiler, Christian, Christian uh, Wilkins against. Jason Peters against uh, what's uh, Dickerson, Landon Dickerson, left Landon guard for Dickerson, Philly. Guard. Those guys, like those two, just they're going to be so many times where they mix it up and how they get Peters downfield against them, working into space is something I'm really going to be paying attention to. In to again reference that Bills game, the one that I recently watched, there was a couple plays I couldn't help myself. This happens all the time when I'm watching all 22. I'll go in just wanting to watch the defense or one specific thing and then it'll flip over to the offense, and something will catch my eye, then I'm going to start watching that. I wonder if we see them, maybe not like Buffalo did, where they were just like, Diggs, you going on the left side, you going against Kadir Kohu, the end. I wonder if it's just like they're going to mix in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith on that left side and try to just attack him. Or if, look, Howard, how healthy are you? How's that leg feeling? We got two receivers that can, that, that can do damage. Go ahead and cover one of them. You know, I, I like Philly's offense being able to gain some traction in this game. I, I, I really do, and I think that's there. Tyree Kill, before we go in on this one, I want to talk about just the pace he's on before we give our scores right here. This man is on track to finish with 119 catches and 2,306 yards. He would set the record by 300-plus yards with the rate that he is going at right now. It is just crazy. And something else to keep in mind right now, he could be do, even doing more. Tua's first read right now to Tyreek. Tyreek has a 13% first read share, or 13th, I mean, in first read share. So if that were to tick up, maybe, that could also improve what he's doing. But I think also considering the damage that he's doing also shows that Tua is playing so well considering that with all the work that we're seeing Tyreek get, we know he's not even top 10 in terms of the number of times that he is the first read. That just shows Tua really wheeling and dealing within that offense, being able to come off first read and find Tyreek when necessary. Your score, bro. Where you at? How do we arrive at that score? Give me the Eagles. Eagles. He says the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Eagles, you got Philly. Okay. All right. All right. Why, why are you taking them? One thing you really brought up, um, you kind of touched on, is this offense, they're so talented everywhere, especially on offense. So even if something is lacking, like Jalen Hurts not playing like himself or whatever, they still can run the ball. They got the offensive line to run the ball. They got the running back to run the ball. Swift, Swift's offense, playing well. We got, yeah, got, shout out to Swift. He's playing Swift well. Too. Yeah, you know, he's playing really well. And then even if the offense, for some reason, really is not playing at all, like well at all, they got the defense. They got that defense to really be able to step up and win games for them as well. So this is like a – they're another 
Yeah, it's funny because I think Detroit, I said I had the most complete team. But the more tape watching I did for the Eagles and really watching them, oh, maybe, maybe the Eagles too. You know, I think the only thing with me that I worry about is Jalen Hurts really, really coming back to that. But anyway, not to get beside the point, I got the Eagles. I think they're going to do everything I mentioned, bro. I think they're really going to dive down in that tape, look at what the Bills did. They got the defensive weapons to really slow down this, this Miami's team. I feel like, you know, Miami, they want to be fast. They're going to try their hardest, really, to, you know, get everything going at a fast pace. And it may work for the first, like, you know, a couple quarters and whatnot, but I think the Eagles are going to slow them down, man. I think they're going to slow them down. I think pressure is going to be a problem for Tua, you know, um, because they got – the Eagles got some, you know, like you say, dudes, man. They have dudes to really cause problems on that offensive line, for that Miami offensive line, man. So, um, yeah, I got the Eagles. Give me – over under high. at 51 and a half. 30. Have they even scored 30 points this season? I don't think so. Get, or maybe they did against Minnesota. Give me. They did against Washington. I know that. You know what? No. Give me. Yeah, give me 30. Give me 30 Eagles and give me 26 Dolphins. 30 26. 30 to 26. Eagles win and cover in that one right there. I got Miami. I, I got, a lot of people gonna have Miami. I got Miami. I got my. It it really goes down to what is in the middle of this Philly defense after we get past the defensive line. What if is in that middle? <laughs> if because that defensive line, you we we do we got, and I think I think we have with Tua getting rid of the ball as quick as he is, the quickest of any quarterback in the league right now. Fastest average time to throw is Tua by a pretty considerable margin. With that, that can be enough to, over the course of a game, mitigate a lot of the pressure that Philly's going to send at him, or at least that the defensive line could apply to him going against this offensive line. And with with who's in the middle of the defense, with the Nicholas Morrows and the N'Kobe Dean, who's Zach playing? Cunningham, who's if they the dare, man. Morrow Nicholas is balling. Ballin'. Nicholas Morrow is balling. I some of it I was one of the videos that I had shared in the in the chat. Some of it also is being the beneficiary of where he is at. There was at, that right? that double move. He jumps the double move because the pressure's there. The quarterback doesn't have time to look at it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think Tua and this offense are going to be able to capitalize on those certain errors that are going to exist with those people in the middle. Like we were talking about, Tua likes that middle of the field in between those numbers. Philly is more so, granted, we talked about the two corners aren't playing up to what we expect of the name and what we saw last year. But that's still those, those still are the better guys in that secondary in the pass coverage area of this game that I think would, would be able to at least have some success if you were to look from a matchup standpoint. You don't have Reed Blankenship. You're going to have Sidney Brown. You're going to have Terrell Edmonds. You're going to have Dean in the middle. Like you're going to have whoever it is at slot. This is this is problematic for me, and I don't think that we're going to see a way for that defensive line to be able to get home enough to erase. Like, bro, just cover somebody for like two seconds, like just just two and a half seconds, just cover somebody two and a half seconds. I can see this being the type of story that we're going to be talking about at the conclusion of the Sunday night game. I think it will be close. Don't get me wrong, because I do think Philly can move the ball and score and put up points on this Miami defense. They are definitely capable enough. I don't think they're going to be able to run, or I don't want to say run, but like. The speed and the way that Miami's going to light up that scoreboard, I think, is going to do something, and Philly's going to get pressed and get out of that slow play run game. 
and thus just fall into that trap for Miami. If that happens, if Miami gets that fast game going like they've done with every other game that they played outside of the Bills, oh, yeah, it's over. I think, and I think they get there. I, I, think I just the think there's enough. Them up. The Eagles don't slow them up. It's over. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be enough. I don't think it's a blowout or anything like that, but I got Miami. Let me call it uh, 30, 30-26. 30-26. Okay, so we got the same score. Mm-hmm. Yep, 30-26. I'll say Miami, you got Philly. All right. All right. Move to our final game. I didn't even realize we had the same score. I totally forgot. I remember you had him winning by four. Then he's like, oh, yeah, you did. Moving over to the Detroit Lions, 5-1, and one, going to Baltimore to play the 4-2 and two Ravens. Baltimore is favored in this one. This is the first game where the Lions are underdogs since their week one win against Kansas City. Over it. under sitting at forty two. Oh, my fault. Catch you off. No, 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 no. It's it's You're right. You're right. There it's impressive, go. man. I just I saw that and that, and I was like looking at. Wait a minute. This is the first time a lion's been under. Like, yeah. what a time to be alive, bruh. Yeah, like, no. and I love this lions team, man. I love seeing it. I know both of us do. Yeah. Both of us do. And let's just start at least Detroit's offense right now. What do you love the most about it? Well, I, I don't want to keep talking about creative plays and stuff like that. I said that with Mike McDaniel, but I got to bring it up just a little bit. Ben Johnson being creative the way he is. I already spoke about that a little bit last week. But just the way he is also using Jared Goff, I think is it's, it's really it's, – it's, it's almost crazy because Sean McVay, you would think, thought got the best out of Jared Goff. But I don't know if he did, bro. I think Ben. This is this is Jared Goff's best season so far. It's his best season so far. It's still a lot of games to go. I get it. This is week seven. It's a lot of games to go. But Jared Goff is doing more than just play action. He is. He's, he does a lot of play action in this game in this uh, offense as well. But he can do the drop back as well, man, and pass just with immediate passes, accurate. Huh. It is I mean, stupid right now at times. Yeah, and, and his confidence, and like, I mean, he's already had, I mean, he took the team to the Super Bowl. You know, he, he's done that. So he has confidence. But the way, there's times I talked about him holding on to the ball last week or maybe the week before. The reason why he does is because of the confidence level he has with this old Yes, this I actually went back and I listened to that. Yeah, I went back and I listened. I already cut you off real quick, but I went back and I listened to that. And you said that. And then I was watching him. I'm like, after I watched all 22 of the Tampa game, yeah. I'm like, the dude holds on to the ball because he got the line and because, yes. like you said, because I'm he's killing. He's killing, bro. He's willing and dealing. You know, and he doesn't even have you, – you brought up a good point last week about the weapons. Like, St. Brown's not – it's not like he's having the season he had last year. He's still their number one, but, you know, he's not lighting up the scoreboard. They got different guys. They got Reynolds. They got – Josh you Reynolds know, is playing so well for them. Yeah, really well. But where was he at? Like, I mean, he's bounced around the NFL for for I I, I thought was for a reason, but like yeah. he had a grab in this. He had a grab in the tight in the, in, the, in the Tampa game. He was running a he was running a hitch, and he stopped and he looking at numbers to Goff right, and Goff released it before he came out the break because the pressure. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he turned and faced Goff, the ball is way over here, and he just completely adjusts, plucked that shit out the air like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. He's 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 a number one at times. So Jared Goff is just making it happen, man. He's making wide receivers better, which is nothing we've ever spoke about with Jared Goff. So, um, and like I said, he's passing downfield with accuracy on the dropbacks. Like I said, play action's always been his thing. We've seen that, but he's doing more in this offense. And this is a creative offense. 
not like a simple just regular offense. This is something that you got to really, you know, get your head, mm-hmm. get your players, get everybody got to be on the same page for this. So, um, so yeah, that's what I've seen the most so far. Uh, that was a question, right? I rambled so much. I just just what? No, just like yeah. What mostly do you? What do you love most about the offense? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, what, yeah. What mostly the creativeness, the creativeness yeah. and then obviously Jared Goff. Watching all twenty-two of him in a couple of games, I have seen that Ben Johnson is giving him like he, Ben Johnson is also like he's. We've talked about him a ton. Yeah. We'll continue to. We are both huge Ben Johnson fans, and he's giving. He's gave Jared Goff easy buttons at times. And I think this season what we're also seeing is Ben realize what Goff is doing, the player that he, the level he's playing at right now, and then expanding things to be like, okay, well, you doing this? Well, then I can give you this because you've mastered that. So now let's do this. The full field reads that he is giving him, where a lot of times before last season we would see, okay, let's just give you a half field read. And you can maybe go one, two, three. You know, on something like a flood concept or a sale, or you could slant flat, just work one, two, whatever it is like that. We're now seeing this guy go right side, one, two, to the middle, left side, four, five. Like, just he can process so much more and get through different things. There is a play he had in the Tampa game where he roll, he, he dropped it, typical drop back, no play action. He goes one, two to this side, comes to the middle, three, right? sees Devin White do a really good job cutting the crosser, right, on that one. But then on his third read recognizes, oh, that's where I got to go. Let me just pull Devin. Four, Devin pulls to the left, come back to the middle. Boom. He had already opened up his base. I mean, like, this shit was crazy, bro. This shit was just absolutely nuts. It's like I'm seeing Jared Goff manipulate defenders with his eyes. Once he gets to the third read, who is this guy? Like, what are we seeing right now? The, the man is just, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing right now. He was my third team. I said this in the last show. He was my third team QB for the all-pro list at this point in the season right now. And I'm just loving his ability late in the down, his ability within the timing of the offense, and how he is doing things from that quarterback perspective and helping his receivers out. Uh, to speak to those pass catchers, when you brought up Amon Ra, you brought up Reynolds, all having some really good impacts. Jamison Williams was a guy that we had talked about last week. Yeah. Who was, See, I keep, and I said I forgot about mm-hmm. him last week. I forgot yeah. about him right now. It, he, you know, he hasn't – he really – last week was the first time we've seen him in a meaningful game do anything. You know what I mean? So because he was hurt and he got the suspension. So, you know, but now he is ready to go. And this is going to be the first game where the Lions get to deploy Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs out of that Alabama offense with the way that Jared Goff is playing now going against this Raven defense. Uh, to stick with the Lions offense before we go to the other side of the ball with the Ravens, David Montgomery left the Bucks game with a rib injury. I brought that up in my ICU. Craig Reynolds also sustained the injury in that game. A couple of different things that are, that are, that are lagging right now. So Jameer Gibbs could be the only back in that backfield and that's going to be getting carries whether or not Zonovan Knight, the guy that they picked up from the Jets, is going to be able to go. So this could be a huge Jameer Gibbs game and a big type, like prove it to me type of game. Uh, Jonah Jackson comes back, but I don't know if he's actually going to even start over uh, Graham Glasgow now, who's been playing really, really well in replacement for him. But just to be able to have Jonah Jackson as like an in-case lineman, I mean, what a luxury. That's what I'm saying. Now the depth is crazy. Yeah. Like, 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 what a luxury. Bravo. Bravo, Brad Holmes, and bravo, Dan Campbell, 
Really, really awesome to see. The other pass catcher on that side of the ball uh, that I want to highlight also is Sam Laporta. That guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they are they are really finding ways to accentuate his gifts, get him into the passing game. And I'm seeing him tight end is a position where it's it can be tough for rookies to get it going because you have to know so much in the run game because you're a vocal point of the blocking scheme. And then you also have to know variances and adjustments within the passing game. So if you're if you're a if a quarterback calls a check at a line, you then have to oh it's a check to a run. Okay, now I have to you then have to go into your process of what you're going to do in the run game based on the front against you. Oh no, check to a different pass. Oh okay, now I need to know oh middle field closed, you know middle field open. What's my adjustment versus that coverage? But like there's a lot of things on that menu for a young tight end, and he seemed to be able to put it together, especially when we talk about an offense that's as diverse and creative as this Ben Johnson one is. So that, that, that's where I'm at with that one. To swing to the other side of the ball, this Ravens defense, how do you think they're playing this year? They're playing well. They're playing well. Um, you know, they got the third, I believe, yeah, the third-ranked defense. Um, you know, they're, they're as far as points allowed, the rank six. You know, uh, they're, they're high in, in, in sacks. I think 24 to tied with the Bills. They got 24 sacks already. They're playing well on defense. I think the defense is is fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're able to create pressure. I mean, the Ravens' defense. I, you know, I mean, there's times if you really go back, you can look like, oh yeah, they were that good last, that year or that year. But for the most part, Ravens. That's one thing they they stay you know. pretty consistent with is that defense, man. You know, if one thing is lacking, then the other thing is going to be good. It's rare where that whole unit is just like you know bad so yeah and it's like like you said with the pass rush it's a collective of dudes the whole yeah, defense yeah. contributing to that which is why they're they're tied for yeah tied for buffalo with the with the most sacks with the most sacks man so yeah they're yeah defense is playing pretty well they're playing pretty well um it's gonna be interesting to see this is going back to the trenches like what i said with the last game we talked about this one's gonna be interesting too you're tied for the most sacks you know how good that d-line is you know you're going against the best i think the best old line in the league right now. Detroit? The Detroit line. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, I'd have to put them there. I'd have to put them there. You know. Um, you they don't have a weak link at any of those five spots. And I think link. Philly's right guard situation is eh. a little shaky. Just a little bit. So, yeah, the Lions offensive line versus Ravens defensive line, that's going to be something to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm liking what we're seeing, especially last week in that London game against the Titans. Just a matter of week A. That dude, I mean, it's the Titans. Their offensive line is, but he was doing work. Dude is just a beast. Powerful. It was it was the kind of, like, we've seen him be, like, a situational, like, dude who can, like, step up and do things. But to see him be, like, a consistent force, like, this is yeah. he's off to his best start of his career right now, yeah. this season, doing some real work over there. Uh, Marlon Humphrey uh, played a couple games um, recently after coming off his uh, his injury that he started the season off with. He's looked a little rusty. And since he's been back, he hasn't he hasn't traveled with opposing receivers really at all. And I wonder in this game if that's something that they want to do with him versus Amon Ross St. Brown or not. I don't know. I mean, against the Titans, there's I mean it's D Hop, but you know, they're not no one's really like that type of a dude with that passing offense. And then really in the passing offense for the Titans, you aren't necessarily scared of that when you're going against them. So from a game plan standpoint, for this one with Detroit. That's something I want to go ahead and keep my eye on as well over there. <clears throat> Kyle Hamilton has been a move piece for this defense. Been playing really well. A lot of free safety, playing in the boxes a lot. I still can't believe they got him, bro. 
I know. I, I still can't believe that. How did he? I, I just like how he like fell, he, fell, he fell. He it was the forty time that scared everybody. And yeah. it's like when you they have him and Geno Stone. Geno Stone was my guy. He was one of my late round guys coming out of Iowa in twenty twenty. I had him as like the he was in my top five safeties that year, and they took him in the seventh round. I'd have took him in the fourth right. easily. And from a coverage standpoint, he has been playing well when called upon. Marcus Williams is back. He's been he's been dealing as well. So if you got Hamilton and you got him, I'd find different ways to be able to mix, mix all three of those guys in there, especially against this Lions unit. I want to see if that's something they can do rather than have Arthur Mollette hold down that slot spot. Maybe it's going to be some Kyle Hamilton mixed in there. That's what I'm going to go ahead and pay attention to. So the, the last part from a strategic standpoint, when I watched the Ravens all 22 against the Titans, they matched base personnel with the Titans with their base personnel. Three linebackers, you know, their base personnel in there, no, no nickel corner. And the Titans a couple of times with different motions and shifts were able to get favorable matchups with Malik Harrison in like that overhang look playing in the slot. And Malik, Malik Willis certainly wasn't hitting anybody in the passing game when that happened when he went in. But even Tannehill was missing a couple of those areas. That's got to be something I know. If I saw it, damn no will that Ben Johnson saw it. So he's going to, I want to see if he goes ahead and mixes that in there. If Baltimore is willing to match their base personnel with base personnel of their own, especially with how Amon Rod does with all those choice routes over the middle. Swing it over to the other side of the ball. Baltimore's offense, the Todd Monken unit over here with Lamar Jackson. How do you think that unit is going to do against this Lions defense that's been playing pretty well overall? Well, I'll tell you how they've been doing. It's been disappointing. I know that. It's been a disappointment in my opinion when it comes down to the Ravens overall. And I don't think it's going to be too much different in this game, bro. Um, Like you said, the Lions defense has been playing really, really well. Uh, Aiden has been – he's been a monster on that. Monster. Man, could you imagine if they, like, just would have, like, instead of Aiden, they got Trayvon Walker or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just – because Aiden was a real dude, bro. He He was. He was my number one. I I didn't get the whole Trayvon thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I like Trayvon, but I didn't have him over uh, Aiden. Yeah, so I don't know. But he's killing it right now, man. He's doing a really good job, man. And and just that that secondary, we talked about these guys already with with Jerry Jacobs. Shout out CJ. He called it from the very beginning. He's playing well. He's starting to, to come out mm-hmm. and do his thing, man. Um, so the secondary is playing well. You know, the linebackers is playing well. Alex you know, Anzalone, man. Yeah, yeah. He is killing, not there. killing this year. Yeah, Campbell's not there yet. I know I was the only one that liked Campbell coming out, but I, I think he'll get there. Sometimes it takes linebackers a little bit, you know, especially if you – because he's a green dot, I think. Anzalone has got the green dot right now. He got the green dot right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Rodriguez oh. is the one who pairs next to him. If they do go into base, then C- Campbell comes in. Not but Campbell. of course, they they live in the nickel. Yeah, man. So I, but they're doing well. They're doing well. It's working, you know. Um, and they still got young players that's coming out that's doing well in spurts, like you said, with, with Campbell every now and then. But with this Ravens offense, I think it's more about how they've been playing more so than how good the Lions. If I got it, let me, let me rephrase that. So in this game here, I think it's going to be more of the Ravens offense looking more how it's been looking poor for the most part than the Lions really shutting them down. I think if the okay. Ravens only put up a certain amount of points, it's going to be because of the lack of chemistry 
together more having wide receivers. That and it's like the, it's the it's the lack of chemistry. It's also the new offense. You know, new offense. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The chemistry, the new offense, and then the drops. Obviously, you know they haven't had it throughout the whole season, but you know, last week was it last week? No, it was week. It was before. two. It was the Pittsburgh week game. Before, it was two yeah. weeks ago. Two weeks before they had that. And that was that was kind of like you know, and it, it's almost it's worrisome. I know that was only one game, but it's worrisome because none of these wide receivers outside Odell. And Odell wasn't even the problem that game. Um, you're still trying to see if they got something. Zay Flowers is a rookie wide receiver. Maybe he is somebody that can't really hold on to the ball like that. And I like him a lot. You know, that was my second wide receiver coming out. Rashad Bateman is somebody who still haven't established himself. You know, so for him to be dropping the ball. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's not that guy, you know. So they got guys that are still trying to find their way in this system, in this league. And, you know, dropping the ball is not where you want to, you know, you don't want to start that way. And I know Rashad's been playing for a little minute, but, you know, that's something that, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you're doing is catching the ball, especially if you're playing with a quarterback that's also working on his, his game, you know, because I think he still needs to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, you got to help him out by catching the ball. But yeah, Lamar has to work on that. So I don't know, man. I, I think with this Ravens offense, they're winning games, they're doing it. And then another thing, too, the red zone. The red zone has been a struggle. You know, um, they got what, one touchdown in the last seven quarters. They're one for, they was one for six in the red zone versus the Titans. If it wasn't for Justin, matter of fact, hell, if it wasn't for Justin Turk, uh, uh, Tucker over the last few games, yeah, have lost I mean, right now, bro. Dude, kick like eighty nine field goals. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know, so yeah, this, this is yeah. So for me, I I think it's going to be more telling about the Ravens' offense than it is the Lions' defense. I just think they got their own kinks they're trying to work out. Ravens' offense was healthy for the first time last week since the season opener, and they didn't allow a sack or a single hit the entire game last week against that Titans pass rush which is very notable. That was something that I'm going to be able to hope that permeates throughout the, the rest of their offense this this game and throughout the rest of the season. Todd Morgan's offense, like you were saying, man, it's it's a work in progress, I think, with, with Lamar and the receivers, of course, just like you were bringing up. The efficiency is there in terms of Lamar being able to complete passes, move the sticks, but the, the red zone, the scoring, the explosive plays, those really haven't showed themselves yet. And Zay Flowers has been has proved to be a good receiver so far to this point. The The Pittsburgh game, it seemed like there was a hex put on the whole entire pass-catching unit, and none of them could really even come down with the ball. But apart from that, for the most part, we have seen Zay Flowers be the best guy out of this whole pass-catching group so far so to this far. point in the year. So far. So yeah. far. You know, and, and it hasn't been like he's been tearing the league up or been lighting it on fire. That's what I was going to say. Too. You know what I mean? Not like he has 10 catches, 12 catches, right. you know, anything. I don't think he's broke on it yet. No, he hasn't yet. He ha- he got his first touchdown last week in the, in the Titans game. You know, hasn't broke 100 yards. He But he does function well on, like, little pop passes to be able to let him use his run-after-the-catch ability. And he also has that speed in those jets to be able to get downfield. So he, he's looked pretty solid, but it hasn't really, like, you know, dominated a lot of their offense. We're like, oh, wow, this is just like we've seen before when they were under the previous regime of the coordinator and the tutelage of Greg Roman. That's just kind of not necessarily been there. And Lamar is really doing it from a pocket passing stance. 
That's really what he's wanting to do. He's using his legs, but they haven't been also those haven't that hasn't been as dynamic of a weapon as we have seen in the past oh, from when he goes to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's 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 a work in progress. I, I think that trusting Lamar as I do, I did like the hire of, of Monken. When I'm seeing offensively, I, I do like on the all 22 film, there aren't receivers in like, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder on certain passing concepts, which we saw so much with Greg Roman. That's gone. So that's good. But I do want to see more to where they really start to, you know, light fires under defenses that they're playing against. And I don't that's necessarily know if this is the game to do it. Yeah, you know? yeah, not to cut you off or anything. I think no, that's ahead. why I'm disappointed because this was one of the teams here where this is one one of my Super Bowl picks, you know, and I expected this offense to be like one of the top offenses in the league right now. Uh-huh. One thing we were waiting on was the weapons for him. And I feel like he got the most weapons ever. You got Odell there. I know he's, you know, he was off for a minute, but you got Odell. You got Zay Flowers, who we liked a lot coming out. You got Rashad Bateman. Now he's healthy. So he's on the field now, and then you got a better OC. But like we we mentioned, as far as the chemistry and then knowing the offense, I get that. But I just I'm I'm waiting for it to really just take off. I guess I, I'm a little impatient when it comes down to the Ravens' offense because if it ain't one thing, it's another, you know. And mm-hmm. is it is it legit things? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Greg Roman wasn't that good. You know, did Lamar have weapons? Not so much here and there. Yeah, they drafted in the first round with some of these guys. They didn't turn out to really be much. Right. Had to panned out like we want. Yeah, Marquise Brown, he's out of there. So, but here we are, another year. And Who you got winning? I got the Lions, bro. I got the Lions. Give me the Lions. Uh, I just, I'm not, a, <laughs> like I said, man, the Ravens offense, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. And I feel like they're going to have to do more than what they've been doing over the last weeks here if they want to certainly know, beat this team um and i like the lions they're they're that was i picked them to be the most complete team last week i do feel that way man um i feel that way i think the only way the ravens really well i think they they probably gonna cause some type of havoc on that old line not havoc i shouldn't say that but they're gonna cause some type of problems when it comes down to that pressure with the d, d line but i don't think it's gonna be consistent I think that Lions offensive line, for the most part, is going to be good. They're going to, they going to handle it. Yeah, they're going to take care of business. So, yeah, give me the Lions, man. Give me – it's going to be a close one. Give me 20 Lions and give me the Ravens at – actually, give me the Lions 23 and give me the Ravens at 23. 23-20. Right around that 42 over mark. Right around that 42 over mark. But, uh, yeah, clearing the spread with the, with, the, with the Ravens right there. That's pretty much intact. Lions defense zone coverage has very much ticked up over the time since Aaron Glenn's been there. And there's currently 12th in the NFL in that. Uh, we brought up Alex Anzalone. We brought up Aiden Hutchinson, rightfully so. Jerry Jacobs, rightfully so. All those dudes are balling. Elite McNeil, defensive tackle that they have over there, is having his best season so far of his, his young career. And it's just really thriving in that defense. They get my guy back this week. Brian Branch is going to play again. Oh, man, I just watch number 32, everybody watch number 32. That was my draft crush for the defensive side of the ball where I was higher on most of the consensus than him. And I'm just he he went to the perfect spot with this team. And he's just he's he's thriving and striving. 
So, yeah, really glad to see him. But he's coming back, and he's going to be able to play. Lions right now allowing the second fewest yards per carry on the ground this year, 3.3 yards per attempt, really shutting shit down in the run game. Baltimore doesn't run it like they necessarily used to, but it's still a component of their game and definitely something that they want to go to if they are having those issues getting their passing game off the ground. So I got the Lions, too. I got the Lions, too. Let me get a score of, let's call it a 20, 21 to 17 Lions. 21, 17 Lions. Let's go that route. Yep. Three games up, three games down. Appreciate y'all sticking with the Cover Zero podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube page, SSAWTV. Before we get out of here, one last bit of office work. Not even office work. This, that, that's the absolute wrong way to define this. This is a, a note that I need to bring up that is not work, but is more of a, a statement of rejoice and thanks from everybody who is hearing us right now. We have crossed 10,000 plays. Um, to be in a spot right now where we're, we're on YouTube, you're seeing us on film, you're seeing us do things. Our producer, Abe, big shout out to him. All the different venues and areas that we are attacking right now where Cover Zero is present. And 10,000 different times, people have hit the play button to hear what we want to say and got to say on football. Yeah. Just salute. Thank y'all. Thank you. Appreciate Thank everybody. that. Yeah. Real shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, hey, that's 10,000. We got a whole bunch more because we got a whole bunch more content since there's a whole bunch more football. Keep it locked. SSAW Podcast Cover Zero.